1212 check you're listening to ask the pros a podcast that inspires individuals to change the way they think in order to pursue their passion and make a meaningful career my name is kesena eronife a project planner and i will be sitting with professionals and entrepreneurs to discuss their processes lessons learned and how to make an impact um, welcome to Ask the Pros, um, where we motivate and inspire our listeners. Uh, we tend to bring professionals or entrepreneurs or people that want to make a difference in the community uh, where they tell us their journey and because we believe everybody's journey is legendary and everybody's journey is specific. And on this episode, uh, I've got someone who's studied in Nigeria and moved over here to the UK and um, for his master's. And he has really done well in terms of his career progression. And now he's now a remediation analyst at Satender. Um, without saying much, um, welcome to the show, Dele. We'll see you. Hello, Kes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, Dele, um, please can you uh, uh, tell my listeners a bit about yourself and uh, how how you've um, progressed in, in your career? Yeah, sure, sure. So as Kes rightly said, um, my name is Dele Wusu, and um, I work as a remediation analyst with Santander Bank. And um, my first degree was actually in mechanical engineering. So it's a bit different from, you know, what I actually do now. Um, And I decided to come to the UK to study for my master's in 2009. So I thought, you know, um, the best thing for me to do was to study a course that is quite similar with, you know, engineering. And the best I could get then was engineering business management. So basically it was, um, it's more of like the financial side of manufacturing industries. So I got that with um, University of Warwick. I studied that for a year. Um, I finished that in 2010 and, um, I got an internship with a university in an engineering company in Leamington Spa, a manufacturing company. Um, I did that for a few months and I thought, you know, it's not really me because, um, I did a lot of financial models during my master's and I really enjoyed it. But I wanted to work in the financial industry. So the engineering thing wasn't really for me. So I started looking for other jobs after a few months. And luckily enough, I was able to secure a job in Santander in 2011, um, the Milton King's office. Um, I started as a, you know, I started working in a credit management team. It wasn't the best of salaries, but I knew, you know, it was a fresh start for me. I had to learn. So I really didn't mind the salary code. What it was all about was for me to learn about it, you know, in a few years. And that's exactly what I did. You know, I worked with Santander um, for a year. And I moved to another company, a credit management company, in Kings. Um, what they did was um, they dealt with debts that has been sold on to them from banks. So basically, if... Say, for example, Santander's got customers owing them credit cards. You know, um, Santander will try and chase the customers. And if they get if they get no joy from chasing them, what they do is they sell it on to third-party companies. So I was actually working for one of those companies. I think that must have been sometime in 2012. And um, I did that for another year as well. So I was really learning different things from, from the financial industry. And that's how... I just started to work within credit management teams and um, it's been quite of an experience because now I've gone back to Santander, I went back to Santander in 2015 to work as a remediation analyst and I've been there for just over three years 
and it's quite challenging. It's very interesting because now I've worked within the financial industry for about eight years, and um, I've learned a lot from it. So, would you would you, would you say all that all that job experience that you that you had that was what made you made up your mind and said, you know what, um, engineering engineering was really for me. You know, I would just pursue this financial uh, career path. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know where it started from. As I said, was doing my masters. Because the models I did, I did a lot of financial models and we used to do seminars and things like that. And I really, really enjoyed it because it was much, it was, it had a lot to do with group work and you guys would sort of bounce off each other as well. And you had people from different part of the world, different experience. And I really, really enjoyed it, you know, um, operations and, and, and things like that. So that's when I made up my mind that, you know, I think I'm going to give it a go the financial industry and um it was you know it was it was a learning curve it was new to me but i was really i was really determined that i wanted to do it and that's why as i said i didn't really mind my first job you know when i got that job in santander the salary wasn't great but i knew that you know i was basically doing it for the experience i needed to do it for a few years and once i know the trade i can move on you know go to different places and you know, share my experience with them as well. well that's very nice. You know, like likewise, you you you're, you're trying to share your experience with my listeners here. You started from from nothing, to be honest. You know, and now you you are you are way high in your in your in your career path. You know, would would you say the the, the process to get to where you are? It, it was was actually easy for you, or it was just it was just like you know you, you just you just needed to just um learn along the way and try and just not giving up and just keep keep moving. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't easy because when I first started, it was really difficult because, you know, it was out of my comfort zone. And the thing about working within the financial industry is you really need to know what you're doing. Because if you don't know what you're doing, you know, people can tell almost straight away that, you know, you've not got that experience and stuff. So you have to be willing to learn as well. Because when I started, I was, you know, I was working late. You know, I was always talking to people, people that have got experience learning from them, you know, asking them questions and, you know, and that's the best way to learn. You know, you have to be able to talk to people. You can't just go into work, you know, being quiet and just do your own thing. No, especially when you want to learn. And I still see that in my job today because, you know, when new people start in my bank and, you know, I can see that they're struggling and I'm really happy to help them because I know that there was a point that I've been in that same position as well. So as long as you're willing to learn and, you know, you, you've got that focus at the end of the day that that's what you want to do and you want to make it in that industry, you definitely will. You know, so, and that's exactly what I did. It wasn't easy. It took a lot of years, but, you know, it got to a point I knew that, yeah, I know this stuff now. And, you know, it's easy for me to move from one spot to another. You know, I worked with other companies as well. I've worked with British Gas as well, you know, within the financial sector, uh, the financial department, sorry, in British Gas. So, you know, once you know it, that's the thing. No one can take it away from you. And that's what I always say to people that, I mean, for me, I had to start from the bottom because I really wanted to, to know. I didn't want to sort of blag it. I don't want to blag my way around it. No, I really wanted to know it. And that's exactly what I did. And I believe if, you know, I didn't know all those things or if I wasn't willing to learn at that point, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Okay, cool, yeah. Dilly. Um, um, interesting what you say, like starting from the bottom, you know, like um, coming to that, you know, what was the most challenging uh, thing for you starting from the bottom and learning you know what, what what was most challenging 
I think the most challenging first of all was the salary. You know, it wasn't wasn't great. You know, but I knew I was doing it for a reason. Like a lot of people around me didn't understand. You know, why I went for a job like that. Why, you know, why why is he doing that? He just finished his masters, but you know, I knew exactly what I was doing. So, um, so that was one of the main that was one of the main issues. And the second problem was when I started as well. You know, because I didn't really have much experience within the financial sector. You know. I had to walk late, I had to stay late, I had to talk to people, you know, because the thing about financial sector is very, it's fast paced. You know, the one thing's done quickly and, you know, it's more of like a teamwork as well and you don't want to be the one slowing the team down. So that was a bit of a challenge as well. But as I said, you know, once what I did was I just put my head down in a few months, six months, and, and I was up to speed with every other person I was working with, you know, uh, and that was the point I was able to move from the company to to get something better to get a better sort of package you know work wise as well okay cool 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 so how how did that how did that affect your social life you know having to work late and and then um, just putting your your all in the job and making sure you're learning and you, you you're supposed to be where you where you want to be how did that affect your your social life your with families and friends how did that affect that to be fair you know i wouldn't say you had a they had much of an impact on my social life because what I did was I was working Mondays to Fridays. So once again on Monday, you know, I just focused through Friday. And okay. once I'm done on a Friday, you know, I was still seeing my friends. I was still hanging out with friends, you know, because there were a lot of sort of Nigerians in, in me and Kings at the time. So I was still, you know, hanging out with my friends and my colleagues as well. You know, after after work on Friday, you know, we'll go somewhere to just hang out and, and just relax and, you know, basically not talk about work for the weekend. And um, so, I mean, it was good because I met a lot of people that was a lot of people with different backgrounds, you know, people that I met a guy there that, you know, this guy didn't even go to uni, but, you know, he's been working there since it was 17. And, okay. um, you know, at that point, he had about, I think about six years experience already. And, you know, whenever he talks, you could tell that this guy knew what he was talking about. And that was because he's worked there for that long. And that's why I always say that experience is key. You know, there's no point having all the masters and all the BSCs and, you know, all that without work experience. You still need that work experience. And the good thing about here is, you know, they're happy to give you the opportunity, you know, to have that work experience with them. Because when I finished my masters, um, at the time, you could get like a two-year work permit. Okay. So that gives you an opportunity, you know, to look for a job. And um, you know, you know, get get that get that experience. To be honest, so um, and that's exactly what I did. So, so would you say would you say that opportunity that was there for students to get um, two years work working permit after their studies? Would you say that was what uh, sort of like gave you the motivation to like, you know, what, I, I could stay back and and work with my with my degree and try and make something out of it? Yeah, yeah, sure, definitely. Because to be honest with you, if that wasn't there. I'm not sure I'll be sitting here today talking to you because that two years basically speak with the opportunity, you know, to learn. Because now they don't offer you anymore. They don't offer you to students anymore. So for you to be able to get a job now, you have to earn a certain amount. You have to have a certain experience. And, you know, from someone coming from Nigeria, probably you know, work experience or year or two work experience, coming to a different country is, is different. So people still need that opportunity. So I think that's a problem now because they've done really had that opportunity that two years is not there anymore but my time you know, it was a good opportunity for me because if it wasn't there 
you know, I wouldn't have had that chance, you know, to to learn it, to learn that trade within that period. So, so would you say would you say um, the UK government haven't haven't stopped that opportunity? Would you say it's it's a it's a bad thing for people behind you, like people coming to do your masters? You know, how yeah, would yeah, you... yeah, of course, yeah, of course, because uh, you know a lot of people have been here for the masters and they've had to go back to Nigeria. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with going back to Nigeria. You know, but I still think you know after doing your masters, I think it's, you know stay for a year or two. Get a bit of work experience can take that back to Nigeria as well. You know, at least you can, you know, can take something different to Nigeria, you know, because I know, you know, the working experience in Nigeria might be a bit different from here. So you can sort of merge the two together and, you know, get something out of it. But maybe some, you know, some people don't want to go back. They want to work here as well. There's nothing wrong with that. Because at the end of the day, these people have paid a lot, you know, for their masters. So I think it's only fair. You know, to give them the opportunity to, you know, at least work here for a year or two as well. So for me, you know, we played a big role in my in my experience because if I didn't have that two years work experience, it would have been difficult you know, to get any of those jobs that I got back then. Because what you have to think about as well is there's a lot of people applying for that same job. So it's not like it's easy that you're just walking into it. No, there's a lot of people applying for the same job. And you have to keep proving to people the reason why you've got that job. And it's continuous as well. Even in my job today, you know, you have to keep proving to people the reason why you've got that job. And as I said, with the financial services, fast pace, you know, once you don't perform, you know, it's not so difficult to get rid of people if they're not performing. So, but it has to be something you enjoy. That's what I say, you know, anyone that wants to go into it has to have a passion for it. You have to enjoy it because that's the only way, you know, that you can make something out of them. Okay, yeah, Dele. Well, well, well said, yeah. But uh, I haven't been in the financial industry and um, you've been there for, like like you said, I think since 2010, you know, and yeah. um, and you've you've sort of like grown grown well within your career path, you know. So, but what would you say are some of the mistakes they make in the financial industry? Well, to be fair, I think um, a lot of it is um, awareness, I won't call it mistakes. I think, you know, with the financial industry, I think they just need to talk to the customers more. Let them understand that, you know, if you owe on a credit card or you owe on a loan or you've missed the payment, it's not the end of the world. And the actual fact is the departments within the banking, you know, industry that helps you, helps people that's got financial problems. But a lot of people don't know that. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think there has to be more, there has to be more awareness to people. So they know that, you know, for the fact they've got problems with the financial history doesn't mean the end of the world. You know, that the you know, as long as you speak to your bank, you'll be fine. But I think the mistake a lot of people do is once they get into that sort of situation, they're just you know, they're just trying to hide away from it, which is not the best thing to do because at the end of the day it affects your credit file. And in this country you can't really do much without your credit file. You need a good credit rating to, to get anything. You know, it's only if you're a footballer, you know, that's when you're probably going to be going. But like the rest of us, we actually need credit, you know, to, to do anything. You know, you need a credit card, you need good credit. You need to buy a house, you need good credit. You, you need to get a loan, you need good credit. You need to buy a, you know, you need to lease on a car, you need good credit. So, yeah. Okay, okay yeah, well, well said, yeah. But haven't, haven't, haven't said that, you know, haven't said 
that about you know good credit and trying to build your credit you know how do how do people you know someone that's got bad credit you know how can that person build his, his or her credit because because you've you you've said that you know credit is everything which i know anyway have haven't living living in the uk now i know credit is everything so how yeah. would someone that's got bad credit build his or her credit first of all i think is accepting it that they've got bad credit and i think that's a mistake a lot of people do they're just blank and you know they, they ignore it so they have to accept it they have to you know say okay i've got problems with this credit card i've got missed payments on that loan and whatever so make a list of everything that you've missed payment on or accounts have been have been in default so the first thing to do is to contact your creditor so call the bank or wherever you've got the loan from or the credit from you know most of the time they're happy to sell us our payment plan like a monthly payment plan for you that you can pay every month and the good thing about that is once you start doing that it shows in your credit report that you're paying monthly so that's something good because they know that oh you've had bad credit you know but you're trying to fix it so that's one of the main things that they need to do is talk to your bank or talk to whoever you've got the money from to set up a payment plan and um, if it's an old credit because as i said you know i don't know if i said it earlier on uh, with most banks, you know, after six months or 12 months, they sell the credit to third party companies, like, you know, credit management, debt management companies. And, um, you know, once it goes to them, because they get it for, the banks sell it to them for, you know, probably 5% of the world of, of the debt. And um, with those guys, what it can actually do is if you don't want to do a monthly payment, say if you owe £2,000, you can actually reach a settlement with them. And they might say, okay, you know what, we'll take a thousand pounds, we'll take 800 pounds, you know, to close it. And that's good because it shows in your credit file that you've settled that bit, you know. So that's what creditors look at, you know. But if they see something on your credit file that, oh, you hold money on that, but you've not done anything about it, that's not good. And if it's a lot of money, that could actually lead to CCJs. And once, you know, someone getting CCJ, it's difficult because that's a county court judgment. You know, and it's going to be really difficult, you know. So that's why I think, you know, once the first thing for them to do is just admit it. Like, you know, we've got this bad credit. What can I do? And I can talk to the bank. I can walk out something. And, you know, that's, that's the first stage. So with that, you're fixing it. So after that stage, what you need to do next is, you know, try and build that credit. How can you make it better? I know the question will be, how, oh, how am I going to make it better if my credit is bad? The point is, for you to make your credit better, you have to actually apply for more credit. But for someone that's got bad credit, I know your question will be, oh, how are they going to get? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. For someone that's got a very, very, like a very bad credit, you know, how, how would that, how would they, how would they start, start building their credit file from scratch? Yeah. How would they do that? So what they need to do is apply for a credit card, but the kind of special, the, the setting credit cards is for people with bad credit. Um, so you've got credit cards like Vanquest, you know, Capital One, the high interest credit cards. So they'll probably borrow you about, say, £700 or £800. The interest are quite high. So what the best thing for people to do with those ones is do your shopping, just your normal shopping. Say your full shopping is £200 a month. So do that on those credit cards and make sure you pay everything off at the end of the month because that's the only way. You don't pay that high interest. 
So you need to be careful as well, because basically what you're trying to do is build that credit. So if you've got a credit of credit card of £800 and you spent £200 at the end of the month, as far as, as long as you pay that £200 back, you don't get interest charged on that credit card. So that is the best way to do it. So once you do that for about a year or two, if possible, get two of them, you know, from two credit card companies, do that for about two years or so, that will increase your credit. And what the credit card companies will do is they will increase your credit limit as well. But make sure that even when they increase your credit limit, make sure you pay everything back at the end of the month. So don't get carried away and spend a whole grand in a month because that might be difficult for people to pay back, to pay back a grand in a month. So make sure you're spending what you know you can pay back that same month. That way, you're not getting interest charged on that credit card. Um, apart from getting um, the credit cards with high interest, you know, would, would you say getting a store card can also help to build yeah, your yeah. credit? Yeah, yeah. So getting store cards. Like um, Debenhams, like Debenhams card, Agos card. Yeah. You know. yeah. But the most important thing, as I said earlier on, is, you know, make sure the payments have been made, you know. And and that's because that's, that's the amount that you make every month will show on your credit card as well. So you, you know, you'll show your credit file as well. So it shows exactly how much you're owing on those cards. But if at the end of the month it shows that you're not owing anything, your balance is, you know, you still got the full money on there, that looks good. So that increases your credit your credit rating. So because the last thing people want to do is get all these credit cards and max them out, you know, and say they've spent everything, that's going to make their credit worse. That's not going to get it better. So basically, once they get a credit cards or the store cards, make sure you make payments on them all the time. And, you know, within a few years, you know, things will go back to normal. And the good thing about this other credit as well, even if you've got like an old debt, you know, it stays on your credit file for about six years, then it goes statute bad. So basically statute bad means, you know, the creditors can't legally chase. You still owe them that money, but they can't take you to court after six years. So they've got six years to take you to court. So, so after after six years, you're saying that the, the credit the, the the credit reports the the money you're owing goes off your credit credit um, yeah, file. Yeah, it drops off. Yeah, it drops off your credit file. So it's not there. And um, I think in England and Wales, it's six years, and Scotland is five years. So it, it drops off after six years. You know, in England and Wales. So you know, so it's all about knowing all these things as well. You know, so you know, there's so many things online you know, that people could actually read about and um, when it comes to credit management because the truth is, you know, I've been in that sort of position as well. I've had bad credit. I was a student, as, as you probably know, most students in this country, you know, would, you know, I've had financial sort of issues at, at a point in time and maxing out your credit cards and overdraft and, and things like that, you know. So, um, so I think anyone can get, you know, don't don't be too worried about it. You know, no one is going to come knock on your door. You know, bailiffs will only come to your door if you don't admit it. So once you know that you've got this problem, you speak to your creditors. They'll they'll work out something for you. You know, they'll make some sort of monthly payment plan for you, which which is fine. Okay, cool. So so you you say no, you're you're also talking from experience, as in yeah yeah yeah. That, that, that have you like okay, you've had bad credit before, and you and you, did you. Did you um, build your credit this way? What was what, what, what were the yeah. steps you, you took in building your credit? Yeah, because as I said, you know, as a student, you know, I had my overdraft and I was leaving in my overdraft. 
you know, every month I was living in my overdraft, really. And that's not good because a lot of people, they've got overdraft and, you know, they, because the overdraft is meant for like, you know, you just need to, you've gone over by £100 and you're out again. You know, but basically when your credit is, when your balance is within your overdraft, that's, that's really bad because it, it drags your credit rating down. And as I said, you know, at the point when I started walking, what I did was I went for those high interest credit cards. I had a Capital One and I had a VanQuest as well. Okay. I went for about 18 months. And as I said, I made sure I was paying off the full balance seven months. So I used that for my full shopping, you know, things like that. And I was paying up at the end of every month. And I did that for about 18 months. And um, after that, I closed both of them. And I opened a call, backlink, uh, a backlink card, credit card, you know, which is a low interest credit card, you see. And um, so at that point, I knew my credit rating was you know, was back to where it was meant to be. And that's why I could get that credit card, um, the backlink card. And then we, we backlink card, you know, with most of his credit cards as well, they do like interest-free periods. So most backlink card credits are doing interest-free periods for two years. So whatever you, you know, you use on that credit for the first two years, you don't get interest charged on it. So basically, you've got two years to pay off whatever you are on that credit as well. But that's actually impressive because um, I know a um, few listeners that will be uh, listening to this show would 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 um, take uh, a thing or two from this, knowing that that you can build your credit from getting um credit card credit cards with high interest rates or store cards you know but make make sure that you pay you pay um your the money you're owing at the at the end of at the end of the month yeah 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 okay and even and even people that you know because i'm i'm sure some people have got all these high interest credit cards and they owe money on it as well and they're paying loads of interest every month and they don't know how to get out of it so if your credit is not too bad what they can do is they can actually apply for one of these low interest credit cards, um, like Barclay card or, you know, Lloyd's or things like that. And they can do a balance transfer. So basically, whatever amount you owe on those other credit cards, you can use the new credit card to pay you off. So with the new credit cards, you've got a lower interest rate. So that means you're not going to be paying as much interest as you're paying on those other credit cards. And if you're lucky enough to get one of the ones with a good offers has got like two years free interest. So that means you can use that credit to pay off those other ones and not pay anything on that balance for the first two years. You know, so the different ways about it is just about, you know, going out there to see what's out there. There's always a way out when it comes to, you know, debt management and things like that. You know, as I said, because you need to, people need to improve it because if you're down, then... You know, they're saying jobs like in the financials, in financial services, you get a credit check done on you as well, even before you start the job as well. Okay. So if that person, yeah, so if that person has really got bad credit, you know, that even getting a job might be a, might be a problem. Okay, that would that would that would definitely that would definitely affect your chances of of being employed, right? Exactly, especially in financial services, it would. You know, it would. As I'm sure, like you know, they do like criminal CRB checks for all the jobs as well. They do that in the banking industry as well, but they do credit checks as well. You know, just to be sure that you know that person is you know okay with with their credit. Okay, that's that's really interesting, Dilly, and um, and um, knowing how you've gone to where you are right now, you know, the whole financial management um, thing you know sounds very interesting you know and so what, what would be your advice to anyone that want to follow your career path 
I mean, for me, I would say it depends on what the experience they've got. If they've got experience in financial services already, then that's good, you know, because definitely that will help them. But if they're quite young and they want to start, you know, from, from the scratch, I would say, you know, start from the scratch. Make sure you learn the trade properly. You know, don't don't like it. Don't be in a hurry. You know, because at the end of the day, what you don't want is gain, you know, blagging your way to get a job and a few months down the line, you know, to get rid of that person. Because as I said earlier on, you know, in banking, once they figure out that that person is not really confident of the reader and of what they're doing, you know, it's not really difficult for them to get the sack. You know what I mean? So it's really important for them to put their head down, learn it from the scratch. You know, understand what exactly the different parts of the financial services. So first of all, you need to know exactly what you want to do. So, you know, there's so many jobs out there, you know, the different banks in this country, the jobs all the time. And, you know, they, they give people the opportunity as well. So start from the scratch, you know, learn the trade, understand, you know, how the system works, understand the banking products, you know, understand. And you can take that experience to a different bank as well, because banks do their things differently. They use different systems. So you can take your experience from one bank and, you know, take it to another bank as well. But as I said, you know, you have to enjoy, you know, being in a sort of fast-paced environment, a target-driven environment, because that's the thing about it. It's really target-driven. It's fast-paced. So you have to be on it most of the time. Okay. You know, so you have to you have to be sure you're that kind of person that will enjoy it. You know, for a laid back person, I would say maybe it might not be the best or career choice for them. Yeah. And if you enjoy fast paced, target driven, then you know banking probably the best place for you. I haven't been in this career path since since twenty ten. Do you miss uh engineering, your engineering background? No, not really, to be honest. Not really. Because to be fair, you know, even after I finished my first degree, I actually never worked as an engineer to start with. I, I might pro- I'm sure I probably lost interest in engineering my third or fourth year university. <laughs> so but, you know what am I doing? You know, I'm in the wrong place. But you know, and that's what I thought, you know. When I wanted to do my master's, I wanted to do something that was, you know, sort of financial base. And I thought it would be a bit too drastic for me to go from engineering to a pure, you know, financial course, like an accounting course. So that's why I did the engineering business management. So basically, it was just financial services within manufacturing industry, within engineering industry. So no matter what industry, there's always a financial sector, you know, in hospitals, in car manufacturing, they've got a finance department, you know, every company has got a finance department. So there's a job, you know, I probably missed one. I've actually worked in a hospital as well, Okay. you know, in the financial department. Yeah, I did that for a few months, I think sometime in 2014, it must have been. So the good thing about finance is that you can work in different places. You know, you can work in hospitals, you can work anywhere really, because everyone, every company has got a financial department. Just, you know, you, you can't do anything without finance, really. So, yeah. Okay. So it's quite interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's very interesting to know. You, you've come here, you know, you, you're all settled here, you know, working and experience, you know, uh, you know, I guess you have a family here. You know, what are your plans? What are what what are, what are your plans in the nearest future? Do you do you plan to go back to Nigeria? Your five year plan, next future? Any plans? I mean, you know, probably yeah. As I said, you know, maybe not move to Nigeria permanently, but obviously, you know, what's the point of me having all this experience without being able to take you back home? I'd love to work in Nigeria someday. You know, within the banking industry, because there's a big gap between the banking industry 
in Nigeria and the banking industry in the UK, you know. So, you know, little things like, you know, credit cards and things like that, I'm not sure. I'm not, don't quote me on this, I'm not sure if, if people actually use it or is, is, you know, a lot of people have access to credit cards in Nigeria. I'm not sure you can just walk into a bank in Nigeria and say, oh, please, can I apply for a credit card? And that's going to be difficult in Nigeria, first of all, because in Nigeria we've not got a sort of database for everyone, you know, because say the credit rating that we're talking about, how would you do that in Nigeria? Because we've not even got database for people. You know, we don't know what they've done. You know, we don't we don't know what payment they've missed. But the thing is, because the credit sort of management in Nigeria now, there's not much to it now. I believe in a few years, you know, we will get there. You know, because at the end of the day, you know, people need things like this just to help them. Some, you know, Someone might need something might come up during the month, middle of the month, you know, to fix your car. You know, you've not got enough money in your account. You've got a credit card. You can use your credit card. By Nigeria, they probably have to wait till the end of the month to get a salary before they can do that. So I believe in Nigeria, someday it's going to be a big market. You know, it's going to be huge in Nigeria at some point. So are you are you saying that that's that's something you definitely you were looking to to take back to Nigeria, trying to to perfect the the credit system in Nigeria? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's it's a big project. You know, it's not something that probably I alone can do for myself. You know, it's a massive project. But I believe one day, you know, it will happen in Nigeria. It's a massive project. It's gonna it's gonna take a lot. You know, it's not just a systems and all. You know, it's about a database of people as well. Well, but I think, uh, well, but, but I think, but I think in Nigeria already they they have um uh the BVN the BVN um yeah, yeah, data, yeah, database true. database system where where everybody's data is being stored, you know. Yeah. So I think I think uh, the 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 right way to start would be probably would be from the BVN system to be honest. Yeah, yeah, which is good. So that's that's Nigeria moving in the right direction because that they've got that system already. The BVN they've got the database. They've got people in it. So, you know, first of all, they can't start with their customers. Say, for example, you bank with GTV in Nigeria. So you've banked to them for about 10 years. They know your, you know, sort of behavior scoring. Say your salary gets paid into the account and you can see how much is left in the account of every month. So, because that's the way it's easy as well. You know, someone that's got no earning or whatsoever will be difficult for them to get a credit card. So you still have to prove that you've got a job, you're earning a certain amount, and the amount you earn in a month will determine how much you get for your credit limit as well. So maybe in Nigeria, they could start with that, you know, sort of their bank, you know, your branch. I know this guy, I know he earns that much. Yeah, I think it's all right for we, for us to, you know, give him a credit card of, you know, say 250,000 naira, because the guy probably earns about 300,000 every month anyway. Do you know what I mean? So if we start that way, because even in the, in the UK, you didn't, you know, I'm sure it was never like this. They started from scratch as well. So that would be a good way to help people as well. And that's just going to create so many things. It's going to create job opportunities in Nigeria, investors, you know, now you're talking about credit cards, you're talking about MasterCard, you're talking about Visa, you know, these guys all the market is there. Nigeria is a huge country, you know. It's a huge country, you know, and I'm sure the market is there. So it's just about taking that bold step. We're moving towards the right direction at the moment, and I'm sure in a few years, you know, definitely we'll get there at some point. Okay, that's 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 good. Well said, Dilly. Um, I, I know you're yeah. you're I know you're very busy in terms of you know work and all that, you know. So how do, how do you balance all that with your 
with your 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 social life, family, and all that? How do you balance all that? To be honest, you know, nowadays I uh, once I've got much of a social life to so I'll probably come back from work and watch a bit of Adele, Coronation Street and EastEnders, you know, during the weekend. Um, at a weekend, I'll probably I watch our TV, to be honest. That's where I relax, you know, get a few drinks, me and my missus, you know. And, um, you know, we go out, go out for lunch, go out for dinner once in a while because, you know, as, as you rightly said, a lot of people, and it's the same for most people as well, you know, it's, it's a busy place, you know. People, you know, you walk Mondays to Friday, by Friday you're shutting. So you need to relax as well. So, at the weekend, you know, see friends, you know, go out for drinks and things like that. And just you know, spend time with the family, really. Okay, they're good. From the angle of uh, motivating listeners and inspiring listeners, you know, what what would be your last your last take on this for them? Yeah, I would say, you know, whatever sort of situation you find yourself, never give up and talk to people. You know, make sure you talk to someone that you know, it's gone, it's gone through that same thing. There's always a way out, you know, and it's never too late as well. It's never too late as well. I didn't do my master's till when I must have been about 25, 26, still about when I did my master's. So it's never too late as well. You know, you can make up for that time. You know, never give up. That's that's what I'm saying to people. That's, that's very interesting to know. Okay, Dilly. Thanks, 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 Dilly. Thanks. Uh, thanks, thanks a lot for, for being on, for being on Ask the Pros. And um, we're really um, grateful and I appreciate the time. And um, hopefully, hopefully one day we'll have you back on the show. Yeah, definitely. Anytime. Anytime. Okay. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks. See you. Right, thanks. Yeah. See you. Bye. Bye.